0: Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Schlitzler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast.
0: Welcome inside episode 599 locked on senators podcast i'm ross levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in winnipeg manitoba alongside brandon pillar up in the blue mountains and it finally finally happened the ottawa senators
1: traded goalie matt murray to the toronto maple leafs Ooh, this is a juicy trade to break down ross we're going to talk about what this does for the Sens' cap situation what the crease is going to look like next season and how can this affect free agency coming up
0: you should have seen what Darren Drager said last night on Jay Onright's show we'll get into all that plus a look at Sens development camp all that and more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast your team every day Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Tuesday, July 12th. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like the videos by clicking the thumbs up, subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel, and leaving a comment. Today's comment, we want to know your thoughts on the Matt Murray trade to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if you missed it, another reason to subscribe on YouTube is we put out immediate reaction videos. I had mine last night. Pilsy, before I get yours, I'll run through the administrative part of the trade. The Ottawa Senators send goalie Matt Murray and the two years left on his contract to the Toronto Maple Leafs with a third round pick coming up in the 2023 draft, a seventh round pick in the 2024 draft, and Ottawa will retain 25% of Matt Murray's contract, which means $1.75 million in real money this upcoming season and $2 million in in real money in the final year works out, I believe to 1.68 against the cap.
1: This is just incredible piece of work by Pierre Dorian. And look, if we're going to spend time bashing him for how the last couple of years have went, we have to spend time praising him for when he's doing things right. And he has been hot this week. Like a lot of this off season checklist, Ross was more about subtraction than addition, sadly, but the subtractions have been happening and they've been happening perfectly like the Colin White buyout needed to happen he had to go and made too much sense with the one-third buyout Matt Murray it just wasn't working out like ever since the demotion to Belleville you you could tell the writing was on the wall that these two sides were not going to mutually agree and things weren't going to work out for the better so he had to find a trade partner we didn't think the trade partner would be the Toronto Maple Leafs first of all and that all they would have to give up is a third-round pick, and the Sens are just tossing around third-round picks. Uh, now they don't have one in 2023 or 2024. You know what? Ever,
0: ever since Pierre Dorian took so much heat for giving up a third-rounder for Travis yeah. Hammock, he's, he's like, you think I care about third-rounders? You can have one, you can have one, you can have one. I don't we'll give a damn a about third-rounders.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I love how that uh, 2024 seventh-rounder gets added uh, to that deal. Like, what a what a random uh, little... Uh, th- there's your sweetener, least fan.
0: <laughs> you know what the best part is? Because this trade was intensifying on day two of the draft. It was intensifying on Monday morning. It was getting close to completion in the afternoon. It finally happens at around seven o'clock Eastern time last night. But was that seventh round pick like a 24 hour delay where we was? After I thought this was going to be the most complicated trade in NHL history. We thought
1: there was going to be another team involved, there's cap uh, circumvention happening, nope. all this kind of stuff, but Matt Murray's it, the
0: starting goalie of the Toronto Maple Leafs for a 4.8 million dollar cap hit not only this year
1: but next. But Ross, I just I've tried. I cannot other than the Sue connection which we know Kyle Dubas is obsessed. I got a with story about connection. that too. Well, isn't uh, one of the goalie um, someone that works in the goalie department for the Leafs as well had a Sioux connection too? So I think that's where some extra confidence was put into Kyle Dubas. But well, Simmer came out and said this
0: when Matt Murray was the goaltender in the Sioux, and this is unconfirmed. I, I need to go double check this because you know Simmer sometimes just has fun on social media. But I believe this makes sense, and maybe I'll, I'll look it up after I say it. But I'm pretty. Confident in it already. Ah, we don't
1: fact check on this show. Come they, on.
0: they, when they had Matt Murray, they didn't trust him completely. So they went out and traded for Jack Campbell.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh, how the t- tables have turned. That is, uh, that's very ironic. That's a good little nugget there. But yeah. Or, or-
0: Simmer. So if it's wrong, it's Simmer's
1: fault. K R L K. Um, but if, uh, what I can't wrap my head around is, why the Leafs went out of their way. They traded down to get rid of a goalie who, when he's hot, he's hot. He's not uh healthy. Very often. You can't rely on him in the big moments. And when he's terrible, he's terrible. I'm talking about Peter Morazic. And then they went out and they acquired a guy who has the exact same kind of attributes. When Matt Murray's good, he's good. And I don't care. Sens fans, if you, if you don't like him, whatever, we can move on from that. But, If you can, it's small sample sizes, and I know I'm cherry-picking here, but when you take a look at the stretches when he was good, he was very good. But they were so far and few in between that you cannot have a goalie that you're paying north of $6 million for on a four-year contract putting up that kind of production and playing those types of games for you. They had a goalie like that in Mrazic and they said, this is not going to work out for us. We cannot rely on him. And then they go out and get a guy at a bigger price tag with arguably more injury concerns. Now, sure, does Mrazek have two Stanley Cups? No. Does Mrazek have the playoff experience? No. Is Mrazek in his, in his, tw- in his 20s? I don't think so, yeah. at least. Yeah, he's
0: 29. Okay, be, so, so he's older
1: than, he's older correct, than uh, correct. Murray. Correct, he's
0: got two or three years on Murray, for
1: sure. So, okay, that makes a little bit sense there. But for, I don't know what the Leafs are going to do, but if their plan is to have Matt Murray as their number one starting goalie, even Matt Murray as a 1B is very risky. And for a team that has kind of trying to every year, this is our year. We've got all the pieces in places. I don't see how the management can come forth, the Leafs fans and be like, no, now we have our piece in place. We have Matt Murray. Well, Leafs
0: nation did a great job of, of going from asking for Pinto or Greg or Batherson. Connor Brown, we even saw Batherson, <laughs> his name thrown out and 50% retained. All of a sudden when the trade went down, they're like, okay, you know, we got a two time Stanley Cup champ. You know, it's more Ottawa. Yeah, look at the playoff stats
1: for Matt Murray.
0: But then they'll turn around and say that Ottawa can't talk because they haven't had any playoff success. The last time Matt Murray had playoff success, Ottawa had playoff success. They were in game seven against each other, double overtime of the conference finals. So if you're going to use one to strengthen your argument, you really can't be using the other to put it down because both have been mediocre to not great ever since.
1: Yeah. And. And, th- and that's the issue. Like Matt Murray's contract from the day it happened, uh, like in we hindsight, we were
0: cautiously optimistic, but we were the ones using the two-time cup champ. But even then, didn't it seem like it was a while ago? That was two years ago.
1: Yeah. And he only really had that one kind of off season right before he came to Ottawa. So it was like, okay, he's not far no. removed. He's still in his yeah. middle twenties. Like there's hope here. And sure. The Sens overpaid for him, for sure. But that was a part of getting uh, a top-end talent goalie to Ottawa. At the time, it made sense. And at the time, there was no cap concern for Ottawa because they they didn't even have right. guys lined up ready to make big contracts yet. Everyone was still on their entry-level contracts. It, it was, wasn't a problem at all. But now it's become a problem because Pierre Dorian sees this team – In a spot where if you put the right pieces in place, get Alex Brinkett, get another top 4D, that Matt Murray contract is going to be an issue. And he had to move on from it. And moving on from White and now Matt Murray, now only one left on the docket in Nikita Zaitsev. Yes. This team's all set up for success. uh, At least set up to bring pieces in to be set up for success. So Pierre Dorian said it, Ross, and we kind of laughed tongue-in-cheek. He said, don't judge me after trade deadline. Judge me and how this roster looks in September. Well, he's doing a pretty damn good job. And sure, there's still the Norris contract. There's still a lot of RFAs to be done well, Pillsy, but that's... What
0: about that third round pick that we missed out on because of Travis Hamanick?
1: Yeah, <laughs> not too worried about that now. Um, but those are all in-house things. So those are things he can have control of. They can take a little longer. He can work on those once free agency is in place. And you kind of see where your cap is at from that point. Right. So. I think the Sens are in a great position here. Pierre Dorian's in a great position to make big splashes in free agency. And it's weird, Ross. Like, I, I it's We're going to have to change our mindset from talking about the kind of lovable losers of the Ottawa Senators. Sure, they have fun. We got uh, Tim Stutzler. We got Brady Kachuk. Like, there's a lot of fun stories. But we're losing hockey games, and there's no meaningful games in sight. Now things are different. And I think we kind of had the now things are different with uh, the one off season when they brought in Dadnoff, when they brought in Murray. But this is that on a whole nother level because they're not banking on guys bouncing back. They're getting guys at the right time. Yeah. They're moving on from guys who they know are too too old. And the big splashes of the offseason aren't Michael Delzato and Nick no. Holden. Like, finally, things are legit and things are looking up for the Ottawa Senators.
0: So I was right, or Simmer was right. They did acquire Jack Campbell in Matt Murray's so second good. season in the Sioux. Great storyline there. We're going to get into what Ottawa can do, and we'll get into the finances a little bit more. How much money has Ottawa saved, even though they've acquired a $9 million player? Yes, the 6.4 cap hit for Alex Debrinkett, but $9 million in salary for him, and yet they've still saved money this offseason yep. between Matt Murray and Colin White. And when it comes to Matt Murray, we knew the contract was rich, but Pilsy, the way it was backloaded for two years of Matt Murray and with his 10 stints on the IR, insurance covers a little bit yeah. of that money. So, Auto only paid him $4 million in year one and $6 million last year. So, $10 million over two seasons. Yes, for 27 games, 47 games rather. You probably would, would hope for a little bit more out of a potential 138 games. But...
1: I don't know. The Leafs, this is a... And the Leafs don't care about real dollars, right? So for them, they're like, we we don't care about the real dollar situation. And the Sens only have to eat 25% of this. Like when we were talking yesterday, Ross, I was like, for this deal to get done, and especially only with the Leafs, they're going to have to retain 50%. Like why would the Leafs only accept a deal of 25%? Because they're not going to be able to sign another goalie. Little did I know, Kyle Dubas, apparently, it seems like, is of the mind that Matt Murray is going to be their number one goalie. Yeah, he's also Sens fan. Maybe
0: they just had to throw in a Wade Redden autograph. I think I saw Steve on Sens put put that on Twitter. What's holding up the trade is, you know, he said, can I get Wade Redden's autograph now working again in Sens' development team? A little segue there because we will touch on Sens' dev camp. Jake Sanderson, not on the ice. Is that for cause of concern? We'll also get into the Matt Murray contract again and how the Senators can utilize that money including what I said off the top, Pilsy, I give him a little tease. This Darren Drager clip that we're going to play from Jay on, right? Like how confident does that make you that we could
1: bring G home? It definitely sounds good, but Ross, until more things uh, materialize, I'm not going to get too, uh, too excited because we've been hearing the same things over and over. It's just now different adjectives are being yep. uh, used in these sentences. So it feels good, but until until things materialize, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit uh, sit patiently. Well, you don't have to if, wait too much longer though.
0: If he hasn't been convinced already, and tomorrow we're gonna do a full free agency preview, and of course from a Senators' angle. But if we haven't convinced Claude Drew yet that it's time to come home to Ottawa, maybe a couple of built bars could be thrown in the mix because summer's already here, and built bars are the perfect thing to take with you, whether it's a summer vacation, a day out, you know, checking out your local beautiful. Whether if you're in the Ottawa area, you know, it's great to go down to Parliament, check out the locks, you can go anywhere and bring built Bars with you. The best part too, is that if you go for a run every day, sometimes you want to change up your routine. Why not just grab a different built Bar every day and with all the flavors that you can get with built Bars, it's easy to have something fresh, delicious and healthy each and every day without feeling like you're just doing the same old routine. All built Bars are 100% covered in real chocolate, but they only have like 120 calories. It's crazy. Most candy bars have 240, but with Bilt Bar, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And we recommend getting the mixed box just for that reason. I like mixing it up a little bit of variety, the spice of life, as they say. And with Bilt Bars, they do just that. Have you tried the Bilt Puffs yet as well? Those things are absolutely ridiculous. It's a marshmallow-infused protein bar. Yeah, a marshmallow-infused protein bar. Completely ridiculous and even better than it sounds. They come in churro flavor, banana cream pie. You got to check them all out at Built.com. So go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order of Built.com. Promo code lock 15 for 15% off at Built.com. You are listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, alongside Brandon Piller and Bilsey. This feels good, man. This is a run of unparalleled success. You can really say that for how Pierre Dorian has attacked this offseason so far. And we know that the best is yet to come with free agency opening tomorrow. Before we get into all that, we got to mop up this Matt Murray trade a little bit because we spoke about what this means and why the risk factors there for the Toronto Maple Leafs but for the Ottawa Senators they are clearing up what would have been because some people are like just buy him out don't give up assets if they bought out Matt Murray they would have had to pay him 10 million dollars out of the 15 for him not to play there instead they give up the value of a third round pick and a seventh round pick and instead of paying 10 million they're on the hook for 3.75 and a buyout would have extended it to 4 years now it's just 2 years boom that's that's a little clean, tidy bit of business. And you know what? There's probably some Pierre Doria haters listening to this, and and maybe they're not going to believe in him until he can build a defensive core. That's really been the, the thing plaguing him. But Pillsy, he didn't have to give Matt Murray this contract in the first place. I mean, it, it does have to be said here that he is mopping up his own mistake.
1: Yeah, but I think, like, like I mentioned before, the Sens didn't have any cap issues, so if you had to overpay to really secure him and they felt he was going to be the goalie that brought them out, I didn't have a problem with it then. And honestly, I still don't have a problem with it now because it's what they felt they needed to do. And these things are going to happen. I don't think anyone thought Matt Murray's health was going to deteriorate the way that it did. Like it, it really got out of hand there. and. The thing too is for people saying, why didn't they buy him out? Well, he was, he's at a point with his health that they're not really sure if they can buy him out. And now the buyout option ends today. So they didn't have time to wait for that option anyways. And like you said, this is, (laughs) thank you, Kyle Dubas. This is way better than a buyout option would have been. And the senators, they already have a decent amount of dead cat money. Like this year, Ross, they've got $4.5 million in dead money. So You don't want to add more buyout money to that and have that extended part there. And look, Pierre Dorian said it and he said it over and over. We're We're comfortable having three goalies. No, you aren't. I don't think that was ever a thought that went that, that legitimately went through their mind. Like if September rolled around, they would have done something desperately to move one of those goalies. Like there's no way they actually thought they were going to go with three. Uh, Zach, Zach Burke wouldn't have it. uh, Like as a goalie coach, You can't have it. It doesn't make sense. So it's great that they finally moved on from that. So now, Ross, we've got to take a look at the crease. How comfortable are we going into next season with a Forsberg-Gustasin tandem? I'm very comfortable in Forsberg. I have no issue having him as a 1A guy. Am I comfortable having him as a premier starter and then having Gustasin as a traditional backup? That I'm not so sure of.
0: Yeah, well, you look at the names that are on the market, and it's not a who's who of starting goalies. It's a lot of guys like Jack Campbell's probably the crown jewel of the free agent market here when it comes to goalies. So, well, Kemper, ah, uh, who's the better goalie? Like, I don't know, I, I wasn't sold on Kemper, but yeah, He's, those, those you want are the Cup. You gotta, you gotta give them that, yeah. Yeah, well, Pavel Francis did. did
1: a lot of that lifting in that. One. Yeah,
0: seven and zero, oh, I think he was in the, in the was. postseason. But yeah. when when I'm looking at the goalie market and I'm looking at, you have to at some point just give Gus the reins at least as a backup. And I know you were preaching that all season long, how they really just yanked him around, didn't give him an opportunity to get settled in one spot. I'm a lot more critical of, of Philip Gustafson than you are. And I, I'm I'm just so confident in Anton Forsberg. I know a lot of people are going to turn their nose up at that and say sample size, but this guy looked unbelievable last year. He gave the team to a chance to win every single night. And we talked to Mad Sogard about this. His work ethic is going to allow him the opportunity to have an even better second round like I don't see a slump coming from Anton Forsberg if if anything I think this extra boost of confidence will just give him more opportunity to be the goalie that we expected
1: him to be last season or maybe didn't expect him to be but what he became Last season, I was gonna say, I did not expect Anton Forsberg to have uh, that type of season as Ross runs to to get his charger as his laptop is dying. Very typical Ross here, but I'll just take over. I'll tap dance. I did it for a week, I can do it for a couple minutes here. Oh, um, we're golden. He's quick, he's quick. That's a good NASCAR pit, uh, pit stop podcast edition here. <laughs> Plug it in the laptop. But <laughs> the thing, like going from play, what did Forsberg play last year? 30 games, 35. More than Murray. Yeah, I mean, that's not hard to do. But um, going from playing like 40 to 60 games is a big deal. And then having Gustafson going from playing a handful of NHL games to being the guy that's going to have to step in. Played 46. Yeah, okay. So add another 15 games onto that and then add kind of the pressure of knowing The guy behind you really cannot take over. Like you need to be the guy now. And I think Forsberg can do that, but is it going to happen right away? That's where I'm going to be interested to see. And how, how much confidence can Philip Gustafson hold in a backup role where he's not going to be playing very often. He's going to spend a lot of time on the bench. Now I know he's kind of used to that routine with the senders because they didn't have him playing consistently for much of his time here, but what Philip Gustafson are we going to get? The end of two seasons ago where he oh. was one of the best goalies in the league? And i that's not even a hyperbole. You can check the stats of his sample size at that time. He was one of the top goalies. Or last year's Philip Gustafson where... You never knew what you're you were going to get. But even at the AHL level, you didn't have a lot of confidence that he would shut the door. So I'm very interested to see how this happens. But the Senators, I feel like this is kind of their... All right, we've we've pushed a bunch of stuff together. We're melting it in the pot. Let's see how it goes here. So there's not that full pressure on the goalies to carry it, but we're gonna see we're gonna see what we got from Philip Gustafson this year because he's an he's an RFA. He's got his one year one way uh, deal this year. That was another reason why one of these goalies had to go, and it was gonna be Matt Murray. I think we all figured that. Um, so. It's going to be very interesting. And you know what? Maybe we'll see a little bit of splashes more of Mad Sogard coming up to the NHL, trying a couple games here and there because he's able to go up and down with his contract. So very intriguing times for the Ottawa centers in the crease. And Ross to have your, your starting goaltender at under $3 million. Wow. Like not many teams in the NHL can say they've got that. So like the Ottawa senators goaltending tandem is $2.75 2.75 plus set 787, so it's like three and a half million dollars, a little bit more. Matt, my math's
0: 3.375 in salary because it's a uh, what's his uh, Forsberg's making 2.55, but his AAV is 2.75, so they're making less than half of what Matt Murray is yeah. going to get in salary alone next season. Now, yes, Ottawa's covering 1.75 of that, but. All, all that to say, man, that I think that was a tidy bit of business here for Pierre Dorian. Now, what he also did was create more flexibility going into free agency. Because even though they added $9 million players, as I said earlier, they still have saved money between the buyout to Colin White and getting rid of most of Matt Murray's contract. 75% of it, that is. And could that mean that Claude Giroux is coming home? There's some other options we'll get into tomorrow if it doesn't work, but... It just seems where there's smoke, there's fire. We've seen Claude Drew's already back home. He's been in Ottawa the last three weeks, and it just makes so much sense. Now, we've heard it like, what's the the strongest adjective you've heard before Darren Dreger, which I'll play in a second here, about Claude Drew coming to Ottawa? Because to me, it's just, it's been like Pierre Lebrun being like, oh, it could be a fit. It could be an option. It might be a fit. Like, to me, there hasn't been anything as concrete as what Darren Dreger just said.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, on 32 Thoughts, they were talking about it, and Elliot Friedman said it's it's really looking like it's a possibility. Like I, I think the, the thing that gives me comfort, Ross, is Ottawa was always in the mix, and it's only seeming more and more positive as we've gone along. Like It's not like Claude Giroux, it was like he's going to Florida or he's testing free agency. It's kind of been,
0: Florida has no money.
1: Yeah, so Florida's going to have a tough time uh, figuring that out, but it's kind of been... Florida is where he wants to go, but if that doesn't work out, then Ottawa's option A. That's how it seemed this whole time, and now it's seeming more and more like Florida's not going to work out, and more and more like Ottawa is the number one option. And if you're Claude Giroux, now you're looking at the Senators. This is not last year's Ottawa Senators. This is a whole different vibe, a whole different roster You look at the improvement Tim Stutzler had in the second half of the season. You look at all the injuries that Ottawa had throughout the season that really hindered them. You look at all the COVID issues. Like, there's so many factors that if you can take out even one or two of those major factors that derailed Ottawa's season, Matt Murray being one of them, he's now gone. Everyone's looking healthy coming into camp. You add a 40-plus goal scorer. Like, why wouldn't? You want to come to Ottawa if you're if you're Claude Drew. Now, a lot of people will say he was chasing the cup in Florida, didn't get it. Is Ottawa on the cusp of a stealing cup? No, uh, and you can't sit there and <laughs> Ross. I'm gonna if you're about to say that, <laughs> no, I'm gonna no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pull you back a little I'm here. Not. Are they serious playoff contenders with this roster? I would say so. but Especially with
0: Boston going through what they are with uh, McAvoy, Marsh, and all out of the lineup to start the season.
1: Well, and when the Leafs have a goalie that you can't rely on for more <laughs> than 25 games as their number one guy, that helps too. Like there's just, this is a year where it makes a lot more sense. And then Tampa... Every year Tampa gets a little bit weaker. They lose a little chip, a little chip, no Ryan McDonough now. So it the the division is getting more it's more feasible to be like, we can find a way to get a wild card spot here. Oh, we can yeah. we can make this work. So if you're Claude Giroux, maybe if you're cup chasing, I mean no, it's probably not gonna be a thing this year. But if he signs a three-year deal, those second and third years, if everything works out for the Sens. You can see the makings of a team that has everything and they need a veteran like you, Claude. The Ottawa Senators want you.
0: And uh, right after a quick break, we'll let you know exactly what Darren Dreger said and then touch on Sens Development Camp. All that coming up right here Unlocked on, on Senators. All right, Pilsy. So we've teased it. This is the clip. Darren Dreger, last night on Jay Onright's show
1: on TSN. And then let's look to Wednesday, Jay. And this is going to be one of those big splash opportunities again for Pierre Dorey. Because of everything that I've just said and the moves that he's made, I think there's an excellent chance that Claude Giroux signs with the Ottawa Senators as a free agent. So the Senators that we saw finish the season well out of the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're making a huge push next season. There's no doubt about that.
0: Okay, so an excellent chance. I like the confidence in which he said that. Do you think if it happens, Pilsey, this is the type of move that comes together at 12.05 Eastern? We always see that initial push in free agency. At what point are we going to pull the panic button out? If it's day two, day three, day four, or is this something that you're willing to be patient with?
1: Well, Ross, as we all know, it is uh, not legal for teams to be talking to free agents. <laughs> so no deals will be done right right away, right? Like that can't happen because no teams are going uh, around the NHL and figuring out ways to get these deals done before. That's not a thing. Never. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that would never happen. I'm not going to be a quick panic button guy. Like, okay. Even if it goes a day or two, I'm not going to be panicking. Because if it gets to the end of the month when
0: you're away and then I'm away, I'm going to be sad.
1: Okay, yeah, we're talking weeks at that point. Okay, so. so
0: you're drawing it, it, has to be in the first week. Yeah, I'll give it a week. Okay. Because Cause you're worried that if he doesn't sign, maybe there's a little talk with Florida. They're like, okay, hey, give us time. We are going to move money. We're going to make it work. You're coming back. That would be where I start to get worried.
1: yeah. It's, I mean, there's no, there's no way to see it shake out. Like everything has been so unpredictable. Like the draft totally threw everyone for a loop in multiple areas. Like I think teams are really, because now that kind of teams can see revenue can come back out of the pandemic and there's ways that they can form revenue. I think a lot of teams that were kind of hanging in the shadows the last two years are like, okay, we're ready to make a big splash. And I think there's going to be some big movements. So I'm not going to really form an opinion of how the landscape's going until things shake out a little but the the thing that will give me comfort Ross is again all these insiders are saying Ottawa seems to be the best landing spot there's no other teams other than if he goes back Carolina. to Florida I'm
0: worried about Carolina. They right now they, they have cap space, but they're also about to lose Niederreiter, Trocek, and then they still have an RFA and Martin Neskash. So uh, I don't know, but they seem like kind of an undercover. Pierre Lebrun brought that up. And I know that Lebrun is very close with Carolina hurricanes owner, Tom Dundon. So I don't know if that want to
1: go to Carolina. Like, I feel like, That's like the middle, like that's the middle ground in between Florida and Ottawa. Like yeah, either go to Florida, get your cup or come to Ottawa and build a team that can win a cup. Carolina, I, they've got a great team, but I don't think they're on the cusp of winning a cup. Like I think they're going to be a team that they're going to make the playoffs to probably win a round or two, but I don't see them going all the way, especially when they lose all those depth pieces that you talked about. And especially the way they run that organization is very kind of cutthroat like they're not looking to do anyone any favor so if he decides to go there it's not going to be at a big ticket price and it's probably not going to be on the terms that he's looking for so I'm not that worried about Carolina I'm not worried about Edmonton I'm certainly not worried about the Leafs now so it seems good my panic button is tucked away in the drawer Ross
0: All right, well, we'll get into a lot more of this type of conversation tomorrow when we do a free agency preview right here on Locked On Senders. Of course, if there's any breaking news, subscribe to Locked On Senders and put your notifications on and you'll know when our videos go live. We always like to get a two, three, four-minute video out right away breaking down our initial reaction because that's what separates Locked On NHL from other networks is that we are local experts on the biggest stories and at the end of the day, we're fans too. So you get the passion of a fan with the insight of people that do this day in and day out. 599 episodes, Pilsy. It's pretty fitting that as the NHL calendar changes to next season, as it does every year on July 1st, usually, but this year on the 13th, that our show flips to the 600s of episodes. So stick taps to you and stick taps to me for hitting another milestone there. Although the next big one is 1,000. That's what we're working towards Right now, Pilsy, the Ottawa Senators prospects were on the ice yesterday, but no Jake Sanderson. He is skating on his own with Barb Underhill a little bit, as sure Shelley Kettles a little bit, the Senators skating coach. So he is on the ice, but we saw he's still wearing the brace. Are you worried at all as the calendar turns and he's not going to the World Juniors? But we we think that that's more they expect him to be an NHLer at this point
1: in training camp. Yeah, Jake Sanderson's not going to the World Juniors. I can say that pretty confidently, and. All he has to get ready for is training camp. That's months away. And yeah. am I worried about Jake Sanderson's development? No. If he misses a dev camp, it's not the end of the world. If he has more time to recover and he's able to skate, that's a good sign. So to answer your question, no, not worried. Okay.
0: Perfect. Um, we mentioned yesterday, Tyler Clevin, not there. Just to touch on the Nodak sends there. Uh, again, we're wishing his family well. There's a death on on his mother's side, uh, grandmother. So uh, he's unavailable, but it's not uh, for any reason outside of that, they believe he will be signed at the end of this North Dakota season. Pilsy, another reason why we got to get you to the Ralph because that is yeah. a special barn. And this is uh, potentially the final season for a little while as they've moved on to Ohio State and UMass with two prospects at each of those universities. But we'll always have the bubble, the NCHC pod, Pilsy, with the four Nodak Sens. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at Sens Development Camp, the the buzz coming out from day one. We know our boy, Kevin Jimena was there. We know that um, Scott Dunlop was there. People were tweeting at us. Boots on the ground. We love love that. Absolutely love that. Keep them coming. They're all open to the public. I've got the schedule up here right now, but how about this, Pilsy? The buzz coming out of day one of Sens Development Camp is that Tyler Boucher is the best player on the ice. What an amazing storyline this would be should it continue into this upcoming season.
1: And there's no reason for it not to continue. And I think, and I think he's kind of tired of bringing it up and he feels, you heard that eh?
0: in his, and he feels
1: kind of like guilty, like using excuses, but you have to look at the concrete evidence that the last, even two years for Tyler Boucher has not been your typical, uh, draft year and then draft year. So he has not had the opportunities to really succeed. So I think he's going to prove all those Tyler Boucher haters and, Sure. You want to say the Sens reach for him at 10? That's fine. Who cares where he was drafted at this point? He's a part of the Ottawa Senators organization and you don't five years down the road, you don't care that the Senators could have got better value at uh, guys that were picked two, three picks around that area. It doesn't matter at that point because Tyler Bruchet is going to have good years developing. He's going to get more ice time. I think the move to junior was massive for him to get more games in than he would in the college schedule. And... I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong, and we're cheering for him.
0: Absolutely, great guy to cheer for. He's going to come back on the show, and after that, it'll be his third time on the show. We're already—he's already friend of the show at this point, you know, recurring guest. So
1: we—he's Martian's son. We we've adopted him on this show.
0: We certainly have. I love it. They've uh, got—he's got Tyler Bush, and so do we. But then we have Tyler Clevin. We love you know the rough and tumble prospects here, and just overall good dudes as well. Same with Ridley. Greg looks looks matured than than what we saw last season like the last time he was on this show was right after the preseason after his little sussy but he looks like more mature bigger more confident in his in his body talking to the media uh yesterday you can go find those at senators and We love the Send social team, man. Matthew Perry does a great job there putting out videos too. So uh, they put out a nice day one recap. Love DJ Smith's address to the team. Uh, Definitely worthwhile to go over on Twitter at Senators. They just posted that there. We also retweeted it at Send Central. So great to see Tyler Boucher, big day one of camp. Oh, I said I'd get the schedule up here. So um, without further ado, 10.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. They will be on the ice 1030 to noon. So if you're listening to this, you probably already missed it today, but 930 to 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. And you know why? Another reason, Pilsy, I'll say people should go check out Wednesday's development camp because Pierre Dorian is always up in that perch at the Sensplex. If you know the Kanata Sensplex right up there in the perch, well, free agency starts an hour after they're on the ice. So if you're at their boots on the ground and you look up and if you see him on the phone or you see him running away, you could be the one to break the news of a big move here for the Ottawa Senators. But Dev Camp's always a ton of fun. And it's great to see the uh, the B-roll that they put out in that video too, Pilsy. Sick goal from maybe the most unheralded prospect, third rounder, Oliver Johansson. Had a yep. sick, sick tuck in yesterday's game. And then I uh, just finished off the schedule. It ends on Thursday with the three-on-three scrimmage.
1: Yeah, and Ross, someone that I've seen a lot of people shouting out was uh, a, a guy who I mentioned I love and have a lot of hopes for is Thomas Tamara. Yeah, looks like he's really standing out, and I, I'm sticking to it. I think that he's going to be, at least for, for the short term, the best prospect out of that draft. Like he, he seems so smooth. He seems like a very reliable defenseman. And, I mean, anytime you have a guy that's idolized Thomas Shabbat and uh, tried to kind of form his game after him, that's a good sign. So I'm a big Hamar fan and I'm going to be watching out for him as things we go along. We
0: do have to say though, Philip Nordberg is not there and he was the top pick in that draft. So we can't compare it to the guy who went ahead of him. Of course, Oscar Peterson as well. So later on this week, could be this weekend, but we're going to do draft profiles for all those guys. But there's so much excitement this week in how Pierre Dorian is sculpting this NHL roster. We're going to hold off on the draft profiles for a little bit later on, but Hilsey had the reaction right there after day one, after day two, introduced you to all the new Senators prospects. We expect to have some interviews lined up later on in the summer. But right now, as I started yesterday's show, this could be the most important week of the Ottawa Senators offseason. It continues right here tomorrow on Locked On Senators. For Brandon Piller, any last thoughts I should say because I close that pretty quickly. Any last thoughts you're going into tomorrow into free agency? Do you think we'll have news to break down by tomorrow early morning when we record? Or are we going to have to wait for that noon buzzer to hit on free
1: agency? I think we'll, uh, we'll have some news, but it, it won't be the big splash. I don't think yeah. the Sens are going to make a big splash day one.
0: Okay. You just heard it there for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. We'll chat tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day.